Ahoy! I'm the Comic Book Hunter. Can you introduce me as History of the Flash? Oh my god. <laughs> Bad joke. <laughs> I was wondering why you paused for a second there. <laughs> I was thinking, I was trying to think of the line. We saw Joker. Joker came yeah. out this week. Yeah, Joker. <laughs> so we'll be reviewing that right away. But before that, a little bit of an intro. For those of you just joining us on a Hero Story, Hero Story is a superhero podcast all about superheroes. We usually start off with the show by talking about the news of the week, going over the Marvel and DC news, ranging from comics, live action, television, animation, video games, you name it, we probably talk about it. After that, we go over the comics of the week. Comics usually involve Marvel and DC. This week's comics are House of X, number 6, out of 6, it's the finale, uh, Justice League, number 33, Daredevil, number 12, Batman, number 80, those are the ones that we're likely going to talk about. We might briefly mention... The Green Lantern finale that came out this week, number 12, and Young Justice number 9. But besides that, it's mostly the four that I mentioned at first. But Joker came out this week, so we'll be reviewing that first before we get into the news. That being said, we review our movies by going over the good, the bad, and the nerdy side of things. So starting off with just first impressions, what did you think? We're doing non-spoiler, correct? Yeah, we won't spoil. Okay, um, I liked Joker a lot. It's a lot to process. It's it's a thought piece film, so I think you're meant to think about it. But I think it's one of those films that'll keep you thinking days after you saw it, maybe weeks after you saw it. I, and those are some of my favorite movies, the ones that leave you thinking about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you just got out of theaters, right? Yeah, it's, it's 11.23 right now. I got out of the theaters at like 9.23, so like within two hours, two hours so... Okay, yeah, I saw it last night, so I've, I've kind of slept on it. I've had more time to process. But, yeah, yeah. it's like, makes you think. But it makes yeah. you kind of not necessarily side with the Joker, but more understand him, understand the character. That being said, it's more, doesn't really feel like the Joker. Like, I can't imagine him fighting Batman at this point. It's more just his, a man's transition into the Joker. If that makes yeah, sense. I, I honestly think that they could have done Ben Affleck and Joaquin Phoenix as a Dark Knight Returns, and I think it would have worked, because he feels like the Dark Knight Returns Joker. He does, yeah. Like, especially at the end, but, I mean, it was still, you know, it was still cool. I, I liked it like this. I, it ended up a lot better, you know, for those who are Hero Story fans for a while. I, I didn't think this movie was coming out originally. Oh, I forgot about that joke at the start know, of the episode. I, I, I was <laughs> you to make fun of me i'll make fun of myself so when joker was first announced i thought it was jared leto i was like oh yeah that's not happening and then joaquin phoenix got attached to it and then because i said it on air it exists forever and uh, when i'm running for president one day they're gonna be like well you said joker didn't exist <laughs> but uh, but yeah so the movie came out and um it shouldn't have worked but it did <laughs> yeah i mean i believe when this first started you're going to have to go back to the episode when we talked about this movie being announced. I can't remember what number that was, but you said it's not going to happen. I said I think it will happen, but I don't think it'll be good. I Because mm-hmm. how do you make a Joker movie? Joker doesn't really necessarily have an origin story. And they kind of answer their own question. They're just like, how do we make a Joker movie? We don't follow the comics. We make something else up. It's more a character study on the, ca- on the character, the Joker. Yeah. That being said, uh, we'll go over the good parts. What was good about this movie? 
Uh, the second half. So the first half does a good job of building to why Arthur is like what he's going through. Um, this is something that I feel like superhero movies rarely do. Uh, for example, I think Spider-Man two does this really well where like within like the first few scenes, you get the buildup of why Peter is like depressed. Right. And in this movie, you get the buildup of why Arthur is just like looked down by society gets, you know, between being beat up and all that, just being beat up by society. We live in a society. I but, would uh, throw <laughs> Batman v Superman in that hat there with uh, how yeah. Batman was depressed. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, you get like the build up. So uh, the first half does a good job building that up. It's a little slow. I won't. I won't lie. But the second half, like once it picks up, it it really picks up. Um, I, I think that like final scene, like I, I felt myself because. Uh, I think by the trailers, you know he appears on Murray's show. Murray's like the late night host. Yeah, I felt myself almost like sweating. Like I was like nervous. My heart was scene. beating. <laughs> and I, I, like, I, like I felt my forehead, and I was like, "Oh man!" Like I feel like I'm in this scene right now. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like you're in the like the audience there, which kind of are, but not in real life. Yeah, <laughs> you you kind of know what's going to happen in that scene. You just don't know how it's going to happen and when. So you're just kind of waiting. And waiting, and waiting. <laughs> at least yeah. that was for me. At least I kind of thought it was predictable, but in a good way. Like you're just, ex- it's kind of like a, you know, in horror movies, when someone's walking down a creepy hallway and the flashlight goes out. It's kind of like that. You're just, you know, what's gonna happen. You're just waiting for it, and yeah. but in a good way, not a ah kind of way. Uh, another good part of this movie, the violence. There's not a lot of violence in this movie, but when there is, it is violence. <laughs> Yeah, like it is dark, it is bloody, it is sudden and sometimes unexpected, and yeah. I like it a lot. I'm glad that it is a R-rated movie in most countries, not all countries. Here in Canada, yeah. it's 14A. <laughs> yeah, in America, you have to be 18 to watch it. But yeah, I, I definitely agree, and I build that onto uh, some of the twists that happen. So there's some that I think you see coming, but then there's some that like kind of catch you by surprise. That I don't know, like. Like there was there was one scene in particular and I won't spoil, but there was there was one that had me like, oh crap, like I didn't even realize, like, especially from what you build in your head from the trailers. Uh, yeah. you think like it's not gonna go that way, and then it happens, you're like, Oh wow, like that was really well done. And even the ending is kind of like uh how you determine it to be. Like I, yeah. I feel like there's multiple ways to interpret the ending. To choose your own adventure movie. Basically. Yeah, I see what you mean. There's even a few plot points that we can't really go into due to spoilers, but it's kind of, they don't fully explain what the truth is. It kind of leaves the audience to think, what is this really? Is it A or B? And yeah. I find that interesting. Walking uh, Phoenix acting is absolutely incredible in this. Like, Will he get nominated for an award? I believe he will. What about you? I think, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a big film buff, like, for seeing new films. So I don't know what else has come out this year that he would be competing against. Uh, but, I mean, you've seen a bunch of films, so maybe you know. But I think he really nailed the role. I mean, he feels a lot like, um, I'll say this more for the nerdy side, but he feels a lot like kind of Robert De Niro's character from uh, Taxi Driver. Just add in yeah. kind of crazy laughs. And the way he could, like, flip from, like, laughing hysterically to the straightest face or happiness to violence or ch- interchanging both of them. I mean, it, it was really brilliant. And I think bes- like in live action, he's got one of the best Joker laughs. I think it's between him and the guy I would, from Gotham. I would say if we're comparing Jokers in general, he is the second best. 
Mark Hamill. Only, only in Hamill. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. he can't be in Hamill, but I'd say he's the, he's the second best. And that's one thing that I like about this movie that I didn't expect to happen is the laugh happens a lot. Dark Knight, Heath Ledger, he doesn't laugh that often. Like Yeah, he laughs a few scenes, but not that much. And then Jared Leto, we kind of just get more of a... Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> but in <laughs> this like one, he laughs like a lot. Yeah. And they explain why. We won't say why, yeah. but there's a reason the, why he's laughing. The man who laughs. Yeah, exactly. He is the the Joker who laughs. I was going to say the Batman who laughs, but... Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other good things? Um, I really like the soundtrack. Um, some certain scenes, like I feel like the soundtrack really puts you into the movie. Uh, if you know the song uh, White Room by Cream, uh, that, that plays in a scene that like really had me like drawn into the scene and like... Uh, just I, I think IMAX is a better experience for this movie. I don't know if you saw an IMAX. I didn't. Did you? I did. The sound really like if you know the scene I'm talking about at the end when the white room is playing and then yeah. there's like a big sound and the way it just plays off the soundtrack, especially in the IMAX theaters, like really like made me jump. So uh, okay. I, I thought that was really well done. I, and I like the soundtrack like um, when he's going down the stairs, for example. I thought that was going to be the song from the trailer because I thought the trailer one fit really good. I think but every song fit that scene. Really, yeah, but like what what they uh, like I watched an interview with Joaquin where he said that um, they had that song on the soundtrack, but they didn't really know where to put it. So while it was playing on set one day, he just starts dancing down the stairs like that, and Todd Phillips was like, "That that works for the soundtrack." So oh, okay. uh, yeah, I, I think that's pretty cool because usually when you have a soundtrack, it's already picked out where it's going to go in the movie, so mm. like reverse engineered it interesting i didn't know that yeah. the soundtrack but, but, is even like the not a, like the music made for the movie itself i found was very eerie and disturbing and it fit very well with some of the disturbing yeah. scenes like the violin this little piano notes it's very horror type yeah despite this I, not being a horror movie I, I think this is a film also that you have to see a couple of times to appreciate <clears throat> more um this is how I feel about something like Watchmen. Like I feel like with rewatch you appreciate it more. Because like when you watch Watchmen the first time around, if you if you haven't read the comic, you just watch the movie. You don't know that the redhead guy is Rorschach in the beginning. Like when he's protesting, yeah, he's like, everywhere. Uh, at the, yeah. So you know, like when I was a kid and I watched Watchmen, and before I had read the comic, I had no idea like that was Rorschach. So th- there's certain things about the movie that you'll appreciate more. Like I, I think for certain scenes. Uh, like I've noticed when there's happy music is usually when something bad is happening and when something bad is and uh, when something good is happening you get like a very like I don't even know if it's like violin or like like a whole it sounds like a violin thing. yeah yeah so I, I think they have like a creative soundtrack here that with a well, upon a rewatch or two rewatches like I'll fully like yeah th- this makes sense do you think you'll see it again in theaters I don't know about in theaters. I'm not a bit. I'm not a guy who sees things in theaters more than once too often. But I wouldn't be against it because I really did enjoy this and I felt like it was worth the money. I would see it again in theaters. Granted, I see a lot of movies. More than yeah, I was about to say you see most things in theater two or three times. Yeah, usually superhero movies I see quite a few times. Like Captain Marvel is the one superhero movie that came out this. Captain Marvel came out this year. Still yeah, mind blowing to me. But I, I saw that one once. But like, what was the next one Shazam? I saw it twice. Uh, and Hunter, saw Hunter, Hunter saw Fant Four Stick eight times in theaters. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I actually don't think I saw that one in theaters. No, I didn't. 
Lucky but, you, I did. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Endgame I saw four times, which I regret. Uh, <laughs> really? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I loved it, but when it comes to the fourth time, it's just really, really slow. You're forcing yourself after a while. I feel the same way. Yeah, until the, you're just waiting for that third act to come on. Anyways, Joker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this movie's incredible. Uh, do you have any bad? Um... I got to think about that because I was trying to think as I'm getting on. Now, granted, I've only seen it for two hours now, but uh, I was trying to think of like certain scenes that I didn't like. Uh, like I said, it was a little slow in the beginning. So, but I, yeah. I think they needed to build the background. Like it's it's tough not to be slow in the beginning when you're it's building. It's slow, but it's a build. character study. Like you you're not gonna see like a blue light shine to the sky and a shield being thrown and aliens come down. Like it's meant to be slow. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I was worried throughout this film that they were going to make certain decisions. Like, especially at the end, I was like, oh, no, please don't do this. Like, I don't know if you if you know what I'm talking about, but um, with with certain characters of, like, something that you knew was going to happen in the movie, I was like, oh, no, I feel like, like they're going to go down this path. And then the movie surprised me. Like, all right, they didn't. Thank God. Yeah, yeah I know exactly. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. There's some certain side characters that become too attached or not too attached to... Arthur and you're just like okay I don't know how I feel about that but they kind of they pull tricky on you like yeah yeah exactly so um this movie is a, very predictable there's times where even here at the end I'm just like oh crap is the movie gonna end here if the movie ends here this is gonna be dumb but I kept going because I'm just like I'm trying to think back to the trailers which is a problem I have in movies just think back to trailers like what other scenes are left but yeah, I feel like if you didn't watch any of the trailers, not that the trailers really gave anything away, but if you didn't watch any of the trailers, because like for the first like five or six scenes of the movie, I was like, I felt like this was in the trailer. Like it looked very familiar. It so is, I, yeah. I feel like you get a better experience. And this is probably with any movie, but uh, I feel like you get a better experience if you don't watch the trailer. A lot of the one. maybe not Joker scenes, but Arthur scenes are in the trailer, and that's only the first act. So yeah. Once you get to that second act and that third act, you don't really have any predictions because barely any of it is in a trailer. It's new scenes, new scenes, new locations, new uh, characters, stuff like that. There's a lot of characters that weren't even in the trailers that have a role in this. So, Yeah, definitely. It's not predictable or anything like that, which I appreciate. Because some yeah. movies, they, show, they throw everything in the trailer. Far From Home was one example of mine. I thought Far From yeah. Home trailer showed too much, so I'm glad Joker did Way it. Way too much. Yeah. Um, as far as bad, all I could think of, maybe it's a little slow, but besides that, I can't think of anything bad. I mean, there's not, like, CGI to criticize. Like, usually when we see a Marvel movie, we could like, criticize the CGI in certain scenes, but this one doesn't really have CGI. Doesn't um, have any, yeah. I think the only CGI that I noticed was the giant rats, <laughs> which was more of kind of a gag. There's there's one that you see that runs by that looks fake, but I mean it's a giant rat. The, it, like, well, the giant rat is in like a a slightly big. We're not going to have like skeevers here running around like slightly bigger than average rat. It's not the size of a car here. <laughs> yeah, it's not like the it's not like the Princess Bride where you have like this gigantic like five foot rat. But yeah. yeah. You have like a, I don't know, like a, maybe like a one foot rat that runs by that's CGI. That, I mean, looked questionable, but I mean, it, I don't remember that. Look like realistic. <laughs> and it's like, the there for like a second. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, I guess nerdy. <laughs> yeah, so, um, there's well, not real that many quick, comic real, book references in here. Oh, sorry, go ahead. We'll just say, uh, these will be minor details that we found. We won't be giving away any plot details here. So, if you haven't seen the movie, 
don't worry, we're just going to mention a few things that we noticed. Nothing, no spoilers, really. Just minor things we found. But yeah, uh, comic book references, go on. Um, so there's, there's <coughs> characters from the comics, but they're not really characters from the comics, if that makes sense. So, like, um, the two detectives in the movie, one of them shares the name of, like, a detective from the Batman comics. But, like, that, he doesn't really, like, play the same character. Like, in the movie, he's pretty straight-laced, but in the comics, he's, like, kind of like a comedian uh, like a, a a comical cop who's like a big ladies man, but he's like a like a very minor character in the comics, so they didn't really follow that. Which, like, I, I just remembered the name to be honest. But yeah, I mean, it was just uh, like a reference. In the movie theater, Zorro is playing, which we know Zorro has a big part in Bruce's upbringing. <laughs> yep. Um, there is a Dark Knight reference that I found. Well, not a reference, more of a nod that involves uh. uh Near in the third act, I found there was a very big nod to Heath Ledger's Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah, I'm I, when I saw that scene, I was like, I already know. Like three months from now, I'm going to be seeing comparison posts on Instagram of the two of them. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it'll, they'll be on the Explorer page with like twenty five thousand likes. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it goes. Um, there's another character from the comics that I didn't expect to see. Uh, major Batman character. Yeah, I or, think I know what you're talking about. Reveal, but. I think um, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm trying to think, there was... They oh. don't call him by name, but he he's essentially the character. Yeah, I mean, he is in the credits as the character, too. Okay, I, I mean, didn't stay for the credits because I knew there was going to be no like mid or post scene. So I just, I, just, right like, I was walking out and just kind of glanced up and saw it. Uh-huh. Thomas and Martha Wayne and Bruce Wayne are in this, obviously. They were, that was in the trailers. I was on the casting list, saw that. Yeah. Um... You have, um, like, th- this is very much like Taxi Driver. Uh, th- they had a scene that remi- Have you seen Taxi Driver or no? Uh, yes, I have. So there's a scene where uh, Travis, the character from Taxi Driver, gets a gun and he's kind of, like, messing around with it in the apartment, like, getting used to it. And there's a very, very similar scene in Joker. And I watched Taxi Driver recently, so that's why, like, it really stuck out to me. Yeah. But obviously it ends differently, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, that's there's not really that many comic book references. There's, there's like a one, one big character, but they do reference like things here and there during lines. I won't say the full line, but one bad day is mentioned. Yeah, which is we a killing joke reference. <laughs> they mentioned society. I really thought he was just gonna say it straight out. <laughs> Actually, yeah. When when um, not not to like give it away, but like uh. On the talk show, I thought he was going to say it. At, at one particular scene, like when it was just him, I thought he was going to say it. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Fair but, enough. But he didn't end up saying it. But he said <laughs> something along the lines of, like, about society. So, yeah. Essentially said it. Society beats him up. Um, I'm trying to think. Of, I felt like I thought of something else, like a reference that had to do with Batman, but I can't think of any. Bruce, I mean, they have like the like the one from the trailer, like the cow. Uh, what kind of coward hides behind a mask? Thomas Wayne says that, and it's like, well, your son and Will. Uh, you, you in a different universe. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I forgot about that. Um, um, it's oh, kind of interesting that uh, there's a scene that's in the trailer too, where Joker has one of the Joker masks off. He takes it off, puts it in the garbage, and it's like it's kind of deep how Joker doesn't need a mask to hide who he is, while Batman does. Uh huh. I don't know. I don't know. That's a reference. I'm just kind of spitballing here. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're stretching for references here, but <laughs> I mean, it, it's not 
like it's a comic book movie, but it's not. Like this movie could have easily been titled The Clown with Joaquin Phoenix directed by Todd Phillips. Like it it doesn't need to be a comic book movie. It's a character study, but you make it a comic book movie so it it does better in the box office. I mean, if it was just called The Clown, I'd feel like everyone would be like, this is just a Joker ripoff. <laughs> I mean, if, if you watch this movie, like, if it was just called The Clown, I don't know if I would have watched it in the theater. I think a lot of comic book fans, you know... like It wouldn't make as much it. money, yeah. I, I liked that it was, like, a character study. It felt different. It was refreshing from the comic book movies we've been getting. I mean, Marvel makes a lot of really good films, but you, you get used to the Marvel formula, so... Yeah. It's nice to see something different, even if you know mainstream fans won't support it as much i was telling hunter before we started the episode these three girls in front of me on the phone on their phone the entire movie and i just like it's distracting to me like i'm trying to pay attention to the movie and they're on their phones and it's just ah, it's annoying they're posting on uh west batman facts and uh, (laughs) comic (laughs) savior they're posting on on their tom holland underscore 1996 about how much they love him yep (laughs) (laughs) um what do you rate the movie i guess Ah, uh, you're gonna make me go first. Yeah, um, uh, I was right. hoping you wouldn't ask me. <laughs> Rewatch value, definitely there. Did I get my money's worth? Definitely. Am I gonna be thinking about this film for days? Definitely. Um, I'm between eight point five and nine. I I really enjoyed this film, but I feel like I need to digest it more just because it's only been a few hours, and I also need to watch it again. Okay, fair enough. Maybe we'll I think ask again go up next week rating. on the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will give this movie a 10. Wow. Bah, bah, bah. That doesn't mean it is the greatest movie of all time. It simply means that it had no flaws. I got everything I wanted and yeah, basically no flaws. I didn't see any flaws with this movie. It is probably my favorite comic book movie of the year. And it, I know we did this a few weeks or like two weeks ago or Top 10 comic book movies of all time. Well, I, I, would, I was literally just about to ask, did it break your top 10? <laughs> yeah, it's on the top 10. I don't know where. It's not number one, but it's probably top five. Interesting. Wow. Really oh, yeah. left an impression on you. Yeah. We live in a society. <laughs> society indeed. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's... Would it be on yours? I don't know. Like, I, I really feel like I need to digest this film. Like, This film was a lot to take in, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I really liked it, and that, like like I said, that second half like felt very intense. Like it felt like um, you ever seen Goodfellas, the Martin Scorsese film? Yep. Uh, like when when in this like the ending of that scene when when you got like the drug trade and all that, and they're being chased by the helicopter. Like you feel like you're in the movie, and you feel like nervous, and that that's how I felt like in this movie, like towards the end especially. So the talk show, yeah, yeah, okay. like the talk show. Uh, the talk show was one of my favorite scenes, to be honest. It's one of my favorite scenes in a movie in a long time. Yeah, it, it was really good. And uh, this was one of the better, like, movies that I've seen in theater in a while. Uh, like, I, I just... It, it left me thinking after, which I like. You know, there's there's films that do me that too. that just leave me... It, it's lingering in my mind. I felt like uh, the other Joaquin Phoenix movie, Her, left me, like, just, like, thinking for so long. And... Uh, I, I felt like there was some kind of like connection between this movie because like in her, he's walking around and nobody notices him. Everybody's too busy with their phones. And then in this film, nobody notices him. He's just like another, you know, poor person in society. He's got mental health issues. He's kind of just swept under the rug and then people start to notice him eventually. So yeah, I, I like the underlying themes in this one. That's a good comparison. 
same actor too. Yeah, okay. he's he's a great actor. I I really love his uh, ability and the like. He lost a lot of weight for this. He like, did. He looks yeah, grossly like uh, he looks like Christian Bale in that movie. I was about like, to say he Christian Bale himself. <laughs> he bailed himself. Yeah. Question: Do you think the Joker movie is going to happen still? <laughs> it's gonna happen uh it will not be getting a sequel <laughs> yeah i i, I kind of like the way they ended it out like i, I felt like maybe they could have done one or two more scenes but the way they ended it out like it, it didn't feel dragged out anymore like it, it it reached its climax that it needed to and and that was that like and i and i like that it had no mid credit scene no end credit scene because it, it wouldn't have felt right you yeah know, just go right to the credits like it's like the dark knight trilogy yeah exactly Though, I'd be okay if Warner Brothers just threw money at Walking Phoenix and then this was the Joker to Robert Pattinson's Batman. Be really okay I mean, with that. really, really all I want, I don't know if you saw, somebody made a fan-made trailer mashing up the BVS trailer and the Joker trailer. Yeah. Dark Knight Returns with them too. I, I think that would be so fantastic. And I'm not even the biggest Dark Knight Returns fan, but they those two would be perfect casting for it. I mean, ugh, man, so much potential. Oh, and you could cast Henry Cavill as Superman too. That'd be good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Can I, uh, <laughs> my dreams. And I, like I said, I'm not even a big Dark Knight Returns fan, but I, I would love that. I feel like it would be great as a movie. It would probably confuse general audiences, but it would be great. Probably. Um, this was a character study film. Is there another superhero or supervillain that you would want a character study done for where there is no crossovers, no team-ups, nothing, just a total study of a certain hero or villain? Um, I think the question from DC, but I just don't think he's marketable enough. Joker, everybody knows. The question, I don't think anybody knows. Okay, fair enough. I, like, I don't even know much about the question, and I read comics every week. But I think that he's like a weird detective noir character. So I, I, I think he could carry a film like that. Yeah, I see that. I would, for me, I would put Deathstroke down. I think they did like a Deathstroke origin of him being like a in the military and volunteering to do the tests on his bodies for the healing. It, it could and, kind of be like the Wolverine, but more character study and less action. Yeah. Or even like a younger version of Logan, just more of a family movie, like a really sad family movie. Cause the stroke has a messed up life with yeah, his, yeah, of uh, course. his three kids. And you can even end up with one of his sons dying. And yeah, yeah, I feel like that'd be a decent movie. Yeah, yeah, that's Joker. Um, now we have a bit of news to just power through. And then, <laughs> so before Joker came out, you might have seen a little trailer for the Harley Quinn movie. I mean, Birds of Prey movie. Uh, <laughs> that trailer came out almost a week ago, but by the time it came out, we already released our episode of the podcast. So we haven't really talked about it yet. So you've probably all seen it by now. It's been almost a week. What do you think of the trailer? What are your thoughts? Um, I'm I'm just not interested in this movie. Like, I'll see it because I got to see it for the podcast. If we didn't have the podcast, honestly, I don't think I'd see it. Really? Um, I'd yeah, see I, it. I just I, I just have no interest in this movie. Like, and I'm I'm you know a huge DC fan. I've even the worst DC movies like I've seen, but I don't know. I just this one just really doesn't interest me. Like, at least Suicide Squad, though it was bad, it had good trailers. Like, I thought the Suicide Squad trailers were awesome. They were, so, yeah. What are we, some kind of birds of prey? (laughs) I was really expecting a line like that, like really on the nose. Just Cassandra Cain is nothing like Cassandra Cain. Like, totally. Oh, that breaks my heart. Cassandra Cain's one of my favorite female superheroes in general. Oh, really? Yeah, probably top 10. Wow, I didn't know that. 
Yeah, she's my favorite female Bat, Bat family member. Wow, so, Babs yeah. is shaking. I know, I'm sorry, you're second, but <laughs> I really like Cassie. I like how yeah. she could, like, kill anyone. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, she's, like, a teenager, but she could just destroy Batman. I like that. But, in, I mean, she's also, like, a mute, depressed girl who just wants to, like, learn to read and do ballet. And that's all she wants. But every time danger comes, she knows she has to fight. So, and she ends up winning every time. Remember her in uh, Rebirth Detective Comics during the, the arc where Tim dies? Did you read that? Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, like, when it's raining and all the... She, like, jumps on the roof with all those guys surrounding her and takes on, like, 30 guys? That's so mm-hmm. good. I don't want that. But instead, in this, we just get a, kind of like an edgy, sugar-rushed teen, which is like... Oh. Yeah, and, like, like she's not really supposed to talk much. And, like, when she does talk, it, like, has, like, impact. But in this one, it's just, like... Like, she just repeats one of Harley's curses and throws a bomb out the window. Like, she seems just like the kid who's accidentally going to, like, be a good fighter. I don't know. It's just, it seems very stupid. Uh, and I'm, I'm not hating on anybody that that thinks this looks awesome. I know, like, uh, for example, our friend Caleb, Comic Savior, uh, really, is really into this movie. It just personally doesn't work for me. I mean, I'll still watch it, but I'm I'm really not expecting much. I mean... Like I said, there's not one character that I was like, yeah, that, that I'm going for them. Like, like I said, I thought I thought it could be Black Mask, but it, he can't save it. Yeah, he Black Mask isn't even mask. wearing a mask. I feel like yeah, they're just going to save that for the end, which is like, why bother? Black Mask wears the mask because he's embarrassed of his face. He and has, unless, uh, there's, unless they're saving a lot of birds scenes, like it looks like it's going to be a Harley movie. I mean, let's have a sleepover. Why don't I get pizza? Harley, pay attention. Like, oh, God. It, that felt like that reminded me, that scene of uh, in Heroes in Crisis when Barbara and Harley are working together. When Harley's like, let's kill a guy. And Barbara's like, like Harley, come on now. Like, Oh, oh like God. the mom? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I hate that. Yep. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Black Canary, I mean, there's a scene where she's singing and you see a glass kind of vibrate. So we at least it seems like we're getting powers, which is good. She's not just a fighter. Which mm-hmm. would be fine, but I'm glad she's getting her her actual Sonic powers. Yeah. Um. Who else is in this? Huntress. I mean, she, she, I mean, she has her I mean, little bow thing. So yeah, cool. so that's fine. I mean, it'd be cool if we get a spiral reference. Uh, yeah. It looks like Renee Montoya just got fired from the police department in the trailer. So that's why she's we'll joining them. I, guess. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they set up her as the question by the end of the movie. Maybe. Yeah. But. Besides that, it's just like Black Mask is there. Zaz has scars, but he also has blonde hair. <laughs> yeah, and the scars I, aren't really that noticeable. At least he has them. But Black Mask, yeah. like, wear your mask. Okay, sorry. They just went over Black Mask's rebirth origin like a few weeks ago in uh, *You're the Villain*. Black Mask. He wears the mask because he's embarrassed of his face. His parents were were for a prosthetic company and or his dad worked for a famous prosthetic company. His mom was a makeup artist. Uh, and Black Mask has a damaged nose from I assume being abused or maybe he was born with it. They didn't really explain. But he wears the mask to hide his face cuz he's embarrassed of what he looks like and he refuses yeah. to take it off. And that's just part of his character. He has self-imaging problems. That's just part of his character. But meanwhile, Ewan, Ewan McGregor's Black Mask seems to like love himself. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, oh my god! It's like, okay, 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, Spurs of Prey. If, if, if you're loving all this Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, boy, do I have good comic book news for you. Uh, <laughs> so we got the Birds of Prey title that's coming soon with by Brian Azzarello, which is going to have oh. Harley as one of the main members. At least it's called Birds of Prey, but Harley's a main member, so yikes. But now we're getting another Birds of Prey book. Uh, this one's going to be Black Label. I think it's only four issues, maybe six, but I thought only four. And it's called Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Uh, Poison Ivy's going to be in it, too. And uh, it looks like, if I'm not mistaken, Cassandra Cain is going to be Batgirl in this. Like, it's set kind of, like, in the past. Uh, uh, so. Nenny? But in current timeline, Cassandra has been Batgirl. Yeah, but I think it's set, like, in like not in the current... Co- I mean, Black Label... Oh, it's Black Label. Right, 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 right. Sorry. So, yeah, Black Label isn't canon. Well, some Black Label is canon, because... I think technically Doomsday Clock is black label and Three Jokers is black label, but this one yeah. probably isn't. Black la- black label is hit or miss whether it wants to be canon. Because like Batman Damned definitely isn't because Joker dies. Last Night on Earth not canon. Superman Year One future. canon to the Millerverse, I believe, but not to the main continuity. Yeah. Okay. Well, are you gonna read it? <laughs> No, I'm not reading the regular Birds of Prey title because I I'm, I won't support a title with Harley Quinn. Sorry. Well, I mean, maybe I'll read Suicide Squad, but not reading Birds of Prey. I'm yeah, I'm going to read Suicide Squad. <laughs> what, or is it called Suicide Squad or The Suicide Squad? Uh, I thought just Suicide Squad. Oh, I could okay. be wrong. Because the movies could be called The Suicide Squad, which is why they can't have Will Smith in it because they can't have him say, what are we, some kind of The Suicide Squad? <laughs> yes, that's why he can't be in it. Uh, yeah. But DC yeah, so uh, released a official timetable of what's happening or what's been happening in comics because it's all kind of confusing, but usually people just ignore that. Official timetable of the years and what's been happening and which years. And they it's kind of hard to fully explain on the show. You're going to have to look it up but because it's better with actual reading it. Uh, just one thing to point out, though, is Wonder Woman is going to be the first hero that first superhero basically that inspired the justice society which is interesting so kind of do you know what year that happened in i guess really early 90s what wait what do you mean for like one woman coming to becoming a superhero what year did that happen oh i don't know what like year they're gonna say it happened but i thought they just meant like she started out the golden age like i guess she's like in the 40s like not actually in the 40s but like they're oh. establishing that she was the first, like, she was the first superhero of the Golden Age, and her arrival in America is the key to the Justice Society of America. Yeah. But then, uh, Superman is the first hero of the second generation of heroes, which leads us to Crisis. Yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. Which is like... stupid because. You know, the greatest comic of all time, Doomsday <laughs> Clock? Uh, well, it just established that Superman was the inspiration with the JSA and all that. And, uh, I mean, Doomsday is... Clock isn't over, but I feel like, Doomsday, yeah, the last Doomsday issue Clock, did. Doomsday Clock feels non-canon at times. But I don't know. This timeline, like, I'm glad they're explaining it because I, I want to know when things line up. I feel like DC's done kind of a bad job at this. But I also don't want them to butcher it like this. Like this just seems odd to me to make Wonder Woman the first hero, but whatever. We'll we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I don't, I don't want to judge until I can read the whole thing, but that just seems odd to me because you literally just established in Doomsday Clock about Superman in the Golden Age. Yeah, DC has been kind of confusing with their timeline because they have a lot of things going on at once. Uh, Justice League alone just kind of feels like an event, which is good. 
but also at the same time you have other events happening heroes in crisis just ended uh we're about to have the whole batman and superman infected arc and just a lot of things infecting the whole dc universe are happening at once so i would have preferred a timeline of the current dc timeline because all i know is doomsday clock takes place a year from now and three jokers takes place like a year and a half from now but what's happening right now well it looks like it is going to be a current you know dc uh timeline because the one that dan didio posted it but it's really blurry because on instagram and it's like kind of far out uh, you have to zoom, yeah. Yeah, you have to zoom in. But, like you can, you can read some things. So like you see, like uh, Rogal Czar first appears on there, and John gets aged up. Like is after that. Right, right, right. Yeah. At the top of the thing, they have uh, they have a WS logo, which I'm not sure what that is. Then they have a Justice League logo. Then they have a Rebirth logo. Then Dark Knight's Metal. And then you're the villain. So that's like kind of the timetables that they have there. So the first W one must be a while ago because it has like Donna Troy takes over as Wonder Woman, uh, the War of the Green Lanterns. Uh, I, I can't make out what the other ones say, but you you have like a few different. Oh, Dick Grayson debuts as Batman, so it's like 2009. Okay. And then and then the Justice League uh, timetable says Court of Owls, Damian dies. So that's New Fifty Two. Then you have Rebirth stuff. So when Rebirth first starts, Oz Effect, Jor-El returns, uh, Wonder Woman takes the God of War mantle. Uh, I can't make out some of the other ones. Ali and Dina are back together. And then uh, the next one is Metal, which is all the metal stuff. It says the Batcat wedding, and John travels to the future, and Damien's new Teen Titans and all that. Bart returns. And then you have the Year of the Villain one, which... Only one table is filled out, which says John returns from the future and is aged up. But e- each table is like per character. So like uh, the top one is the Bat family one. The second one is the Superman family one. The third one is the Wonder Woman family. And then uh, it looks like the Teen Titans then the Flash. And then I'm not sure after that, maybe Green Lantern, Aquaman. And I can't tell after that. But it's at least trying to explain things that I like because it's like confusing. Like, so city of Bane is going on and the Batcat wedding happened, but did that happen to the justice league Batman? Cause he seems not that depressed and he doesn't seem like, you know, I just got my city taken by Bane and I, uh, Catwoman broke up with me. So did yeah. that happen before did that happen after? I don't know. I, I just lo- like it to be explained and I'd like, you know, just a little more continuity. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I have to hand it to Marvel. They do this a little better. They kind of be like, all right, everything's happening at the same time. And when we do an event, by the time the event's over, they kind of all establish that. So, like, right now, Marvel Comics, they're not referencing other comics right now. You want to read Captain America? You're only going to get Captain America. You want to read Daredevil? You're only getting Daredevil. The only... Well, some major characters affect other titles, like Wilson Fisk, the Kingpin, being the mayor of New York. That affects Daredevil. That affects Captain America. That affects Spider-Man. That kind yeah. of... There, it's referenced here and there. But besides that... Every comic is established. Okay, War Realms, the last event that just happened. Absolute Carnage, the current event, is happening with Spider-Man characters, and that's it. So I was I was wondering if any other titles were gonna uh, mention like House of X and stuff, like with Krakoa becoming like a full nation. Yeah, you know, maybe it could be mentioned like Captain America in the background or something. But maybe one day. Yeah. Well, right now we're not getting like a reference here and there is fine, because like House of X doesn't really affect. Captain America, but yeah, I mean the the advantage Marvel has over DC is that they've never had a company wide reboot, so 
they don't have to deal with like the continuity of like, well, this was canon before this reboot, and this was canon before that. Like, they, technically, Marvel continuity goes back to the '60s. Now, obviously, titles have restarted since then, but Secret Wars kind of helped establish that with uh, combining Ultimate and Six One Six, so it's less confusing. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah Marvel's exactly. kind of easier. Uh, yeah, DC timetable. Uh, in Blu-ray slash 4K news, so if you never collected an MCU movie on Blu-ray but you've always wanted to own it, here's your chance. If you have $550 to spend, yep. um, they're going to have a full box set that's going to contain the 4K disc and the Blu-ray disc of every single MCU movie, including deleted scenes and stuff and a lot of extras that comes with like a little booklet and stuff. And it's $550. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. If you're rich, five hundred fifty is a lot. <laughs> they look nice, but yeah. I mean, technically, if you bought each one on four K individually, it would be more expensive. But like, five hundred fifty is a lot to drop for some movies when you could just get a Disney Plus exactly. subscription. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> like they're all going to be on Disney Plus. So, yeah. One more month. Uh, but, uh, in gaming news, real quick, Miss Marvel is going to be a playable character in the Avengers game. Uh yeah, we're getting Miss Marvel before Captain Marvel. Crazy. So that's cool. And uh, in comic book news, uh, there's a new Thor writer coming up. Uh, so Donny Cates on Twitter has been teasing that he's going to be writing Thor, talking about how Thor is one of his favorite characters and how it's hard to follow Jason Aaron on any book. So people were expecting him to write Thor. And today it's been announced that in January he will be starting over on Thor at Thor number one. Uh, Thor has no beard here. He has kind of like a black V-shaped headband and... Yeah, we don't really know much about it, uh, too much about it just yet, but Thor number one by Donny Cates, who's a very popular writer. He writes Venom currently, Guardians of the Galaxy, and he's very beloved by uh, Marvel fans. Uh, I call him the Scott Snyder of Marvel, because, and him and Scott are real good buddies, which is pretty funny. I think they actually just posted a picture together, but uh, yeah, so that's it kind of cool. It's hard to tell, but it looks like they're still going with continuity with uh, at least his arm, his left arm being gone. But it looks like he has both his eyes, which is like continuity. Thor lost his left eye. <laughs> Unless they explain something. Yeah, there's just concept. This is just concept art. Uh, Mjolnir looks great. It's glowing blue with lightning all around. I like how it glows. So that's cool. But yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. it for news, kind of. All right, so now we get to the comics of the week, because that's what it's all about, the comics. Uh, this week I have read more Marvel comics than I have DC comics. The reason for that, of course, is time. I didn't really have enough time, so I read House of X, Daredevil, and Batman. So uh, let's start with House of X, because that's, I know, for once we're starting with the Marvel comics, crazy. Um, but House of X was the big comic. This was a lot to take in, because this kind of wraps everything up. Uh, this so, is the final of House of X. Yeah, the finale too. of the house. There's still going to be one more Powers issue, Powers 6, and then it'll break into the uh, like eight different X-Men titles. Oh, so. Pick of the Week, to, uh, Cover of the Week. Uh, pick of the Week is Daredevil, Cover of the Week. Probably also Daredevil. I like it a lot. Uh, for me, Pick of the Week, House of X, Cover of the Week, Daredevil. Okay, continue. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the the... Government of Krakoa is made up of mutants, and it's not just Charles and Eric, and that's it. It's mutants of all kinds, even Apocalypse and Emma Frost. You have villains, you have heroes, you have anti-heroes. It's interesting how they do Mystique, it. Mystique, yeah. 
and they want to establish laws because if they're going to be this full country, they got to establish laws. Uh, before any of this happens, Charles makes a deal with the humans, which was weird. So he has a cure to various diseases. Uh, I think they said like ALS, Alzheimer's, cancer and stuff like that he could get rid of overnight. And the old him would have just given it to him as a gift for the good of mankind. But now he wants something in return because, well, Charles is a different man at this point. Uh, he realizes that they can't really live in harmony. So uh, like he said, I think he says like all we wanted was to love you and for you to love us, but that couldn't happen. So uh, we don't want men killing mutants anymore. You have to earn this gift or pay for it, I guess. Uh, he says that he wants two things. Uh, he wants them to provide them with a, like a better life for mutants, and they have to accept the island of Krakoa for mutants to live on the planet. So I thought this was interesting because Charles is usually like this is something that I feel like Eric would say more than yeah, Charles. Very much so. But I guess like in this issue, Charles and Eric felt like like I always say they're like two sides of the same coin. It felt like they were on the same side on this one. They're so basically anyway, the, like, uh, yeah, Krakoa is now an official country in the Marvel yeah, Universe. Yeah, recognized by the world. It's like and, above uh, New Zealand. Yeah. So they make laws, and this is actually interesting because I'm in a criminal courts class, and we were talking about like the process of making laws and how it's like tough to get people to agree. So like reading this, I was like, oh, wow, it's just like a textbook. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, so they're setting laws, and they have a villain already, and they're like, Sabretooth. do we make it? Yeah, Sabretooth, and they're like, do we make an example of him, or do we establish these laws after him? So, like, he would be, you know, he would get another chance. So they establish three main rules at the end. To make more mutants, you always want to make more mutants to fill up your island. Uh, To murder no man. So they said that murdering fellow mutants is okay because the fellow mutants come back to life on Krakoa, but if you kill a man, they can't come back to life. This is, like, an interesting conversation. It's like a very uh, like a philosophy type conversation, you know? Yeah. And then uh, the last one was to respect the sacred land because they were talking about like property rights. Could they do it? But since Krakow is a living thing, you just have to respect the sacred land. And uh, then they decide to put Sabretooth into like a dark pit basically to like exile yeah, like him. like a black hole. <laughs> He's exiled because they were talking like, what do we do? Do we like arrest him? Do we let him roam free? Do we kick him out? But they said they made a rule when the villains came to Krakoa that there are no jails on Krakoa. Yeah. But they don't want to do a death sentence either. They don't want to be killing mutants. So Yeah. And then they then they have like kind of a celebration of their new country with like fireworks and stuff and there's a nice shot of uh Gene, Wolverine and Scott, which was pretty cool. Wolverine has like beer a six pack in his hand and uh it's, it's a cool looking uh, scene of people kind of just partying and uh, Eric and, and Emma like Gene gives a beer to Emma then Emma like looks at Scott and gives him like this look and Scott like yeah. smiles back and then you flip back a few pages and you see Nightcrawler like gritting saying to make more mutants like uh oh I think yeah like, I think we might get a Cyclops Emma baby or a Gene Cyclops I mean baby. I mean I'm sure it'll be uh, I'm sure it'll be explored during the uh the x-men title because i think they're both in the title scott definitely is yeah i know he is and hickman's writing that but it's interesting that nightcrawler says we need to make more mutants while looking at his mother mystique 
So yeah, it's that, like, that is weird. That's a little weird. But then you get, like, this look, and I'm like, okay, so I think we're going to get, like, superhero babies coming. We're going to have some John Kent's coming up here. Could be cool. And then uh, it ends with a shot of Magneto and Charles with fireworks behind them, and Magneto says to Charles, "Just look at what we, just look at what we have made." So this was and Apocalypse is a very alone. interesting series. Yeah, Apocalypse is all alone. Uh, this was a very interesting series for House. I, I so far I've liked House better than Power because I've understood House more. Um, Me too. But yeah, no, I really like this issue. I'd give it like a nine, nine point five out of ten. I, I really enjoyed it. It was a good wrap up. Yeah, I, I like I'm, I'm curious this, to see where it goes in X-Men. This is my pick of the weekend, no flaws, and I loved it. I'm so excited for X-Men. Yeah. I hope... Do you know if the artist is staying on X-Men? I honestly have no clue. Because I, I love hope the so. art. A lot. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, I hope so. I hope so, too. Okay, anyways. All right, let's stay with the Marvel side of things. This is very weird for me. Uh, let's go to Daredevil, number 12. Uh, Chip Zarsky, Daredevil, the best current ongoing right now, let's be honest. Yeah, House of um, oh, I guess it's over, so I guess you have that. Well, ongoing, because House was a mini, technically. That's true, yeah. Uh, so in the last issue, Matt heard the fake Daredevil being caught in a building by police. And, fake Daredevil uh, is a Daredevil not wearing hockey pads. Just dressed up. I'm not wearing hockey pads. Um, he has like a beard and everything, so he's not our Daredevil. He's just like a wannabe Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, so he gets caught by like three cops, and they haven't called it in yet, so they kind of mess him up to teach him we don't want vigilantes in the city. They're and in an Matt, apartment. Yeah, and Matt was trying to improvise, save him time, so he sends in uh, Foggy Nelson. And uh, he has Foggy Nelson pretend to be the guy's lawyer, and he has Foggy pretend to be on the police on the phone with the police. And if these cops threaten to hurt the fake Daredevil, then he'll tell the police like come now, and it would get them in trouble. So uh, he almost gets away with it. The cops let him walk with his client. He's and, sweating uh, so, though. Yeah, he's very sweating. Like uh, Matt says, like he could hear his heartbeat the loudest. And uh, they're like, hold on, wait a minute, show us the phone. And when he shows them the phone, it's just like a voicemail, so he's not actually on the phone with the police. But that's when Daredevil comes in right as they're about to shoot Foggy, and he takes out the cops, but he's not on his A game. Like He actually gets choked by a few cops and like thrown out a window. Might I say, uh, he looks really cool with the white mask. Oh, I like the white mask, too. I, so I like he whole... looks like what he looks like in the first season of the show, but instead of a black mask, it's white. He still has yeah. like the black shirt and everything, but he has white bandages and a white mask. It looks really cool. Yeah, and I like that the red hair like really stands out. Like whoever did the colors for this issue, really good job. Yeah, for sure. Uh, meanwhile, Kingpin is meeting with uh, a rich family for a dinner, and uh, Kingpin has gone straight. He's no longer committing crimes. He's just he just wants to be the mayor of New York City and do his best being the mayor of New York City. But <clears throat> he's Kingpin. He's eventually going to commit a crime. Uh, so. The people of the family are actually kind of teasing him, especially uh, one of the sons. Like he's really messing with him, like making like weight jokes and you know making jokes about him committing crime. And uh, at some point, Kingpin's like, "Hey, can I use the bathroom?" And like, "Sure." So he goes and uses the bathroom, and uh, the son that was like teasing him the entire time shows up to the bathroom. Uh, he knocks on the door, and uh, he he makes a joke. Like even in the bathroom, he's like, uh, "Like there's 15 toilets in this place." Which I thought was kind of funny. And uh, he's like, oh, is there uh, still a working toilet in here? I mean, you've got to go through your fair share of toilets, man. Am I right? And then he gets choked by Kingpin, who drags him through the bathroom and just slams his head. Like, I love the way they did this page. It's nine panels, but 
Uh, five of them are just blood. This looks very Mr. Miracle-y because I just finished the first issue of Mr. Miracle where they did like the the five panels of the dark side is. Yeah. And in between panels of like stuff actually happening. This is like panels of blood and then uh, Kingpin's like grabbing his just neck and, and punching him and the blood all over his own face. And uh, he kills the guy and leaves him in the bathtub. It's like a bloody mess. So it, it's to show us that Kingpin he, could never fully go legit. He backs and, up and uh, just the bathroom's covered in blood and Kingpin's covered in blood and the family's still waiting for both the son and Kingpin to come back to dinner. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, and then, Meanwhile, yeah, with Daredevil. And then Electra, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, with Daredevil, Electra pops up and uh, she saves Daredevil from like falling off uh, the side of the house and she says... Yeah, and uh, she says that she took out all the villains that were like going on him, but she didn't kill them. She just knocked him out, and she just really wants to show Matt how he could become better, like he was. So he takes her hand, and uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much the issue. Uh, good issue. I really like this issue. I did too. I like when Daredevil was losing the fight. How yeah, he yeah, says like game. he starts to doubt himself. He's like, "No, Matt, you gotta pay attention. Uh, I'm weak. I'm so weak. They don't fear you." They don't fear me. They don't fear you. And he's like yelling that in his head. Also, when he dodges the bullet, yeah. I love the dialogue. Uh, I'm just going to quote real quick. He says, gun, nothing to the throw. Won't get to it in time. Go, go, track the gun. Where where it's pointed. Finger twitch, dodge the bullet. And he just barely dodges it. Yeah. I, I like the dialogue a lot. Yeah, yeah I, I think I think Chip Zarsky is really handling the not daredevil, just Matt Murdock really well. This is going on way longer than I thought it would, but it, it doesn't feel like it's dragging like a certain. Granted, I think it's going back to Daredevil pretty quick here. Uh, yeah, I think it's. Kind of, I mean, it's been a few With issues Electra. though. It's pretty much it has the entire been arc like and two, last like two arcs. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's like it's been like if we're talking time wise, like what four months since we've seen Daredevil. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad that he's not rushing back to being Daredevil. He's building up to it, and maybe Electra will get him back into it. But Spider-Man. I'm I'm curious to see where it goes. Like, there hasn't yeah. really been a bad issue yet. No, not at all. There's been issues I liked more than others, but I mean, obviously. But uh, no, nah, I, I really like this. Yeah, I give it like a 10. Yeah, I'm at like 9.5, 10. No I, I really enjoyed it. And the uh, art really works too. DC. Um, yeah, no, on the please. DC side of things, Batman number 80 by uh, J.R. J.R. is the artist, John Romita Jr. Um He's a great Spider-Man artist, and he's a legend in the in the business. But he draws because of his dad. Yeah, <laughs> he draws things. I mean, he has great Spider-Man art himself, but he draws DC characters very boxy. Um, he did Suicide Squad, and his Killer Croc is literally just like a box with a tail. <laughs> I uh, um, he was the reason I dropped Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah, his his art is a little rough around the edges uh, is, for DC. It seems faces uh, are like the shape of potatoes. <laughs> and it just looks like their torsos are boxes and their limbs are just tubes. So like, like the way the way he draws the bat ears looks so weird. <laughs> and I don't like his two face at all. I'm sorry, JRJR. Yeah. JR, JR, it's just you're not doing it. I like the I like the way he draws rain. I'll give him that. Yeah. I mean, he's like a great spot. Like I don't know if you've ever seen like his uh Spider Man art from back in the day. He does great yeah. Spider Man art, but he does, yeah. I just Batman doesn't work for him. Uh, anyway, um, so Officer Two-Face and Officer Pig, Professor Pig and Two-Face, are uh, going after a man, and this man has a mustache and a hat, but he turns out to be Batman. Bruce Wayne is back. And uh, Two-Face recognizes that it's Batman, and he's like, oh, oh no, he's back. Which is like, yeah, nice. Batman's back. 
in Gotham. And he like breaks like it's it's cool the way they do it. Uh, he like breaks out of the jacket into the bat logo. Yeah. And uh Hugo Strange and Thomas Wayne are on top of like GCPD with the bat light. And uh Hugo Strange doesn't believe that Bruce is actually back, but Thomas knows that he's back and Thomas wants him to tell Bane. So uh Hugo was saying like no one comes back from that, like he was broken. Um because he does. <laughs> Uh, what do you think of the kite man scene? I'm I'm curious. Uh, I mean, it's kind of overplayed at this point. So, if if you've been living under a rock, Tom King loves kite man saying hell yeah. The first time it was great, it was awesome. The second time, it was funny. Third time, it was like okay, yeah, kite man, hell yeah. Now it's kind of just like okay. the 47 time. It's like okay. <laughs> it's gotten a little old. Uh, so. Uh, Kite Man's flying through the air, and uh, his like glider gets hit through, and he gets caught by his ankle on a rope. And uh, he goes, yeah, yeah, you're back? And Batman's standing above him goes, hell yeah. Which I, I kind of cringed at that. I, I, I just too. Can you picture Batman saying hell yeah? Like, no. <laughs> not, not alone. Like, if he's with Nightwing or if he's with Catwoman, I think it's fine. But he's, like, alone here. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed very out of place. Like, I, I get that it's a joke with Kite Man, but I don't know. I didn't... I don't know. It didn't work for me. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Thomas Wayne is with Gotham Girl, who's essentially his Robin, and uh, Gotham Girl is crying because she thinks that she might die, and uh, Thomas says that, no, no, you won't die, but he will, because he did this to you. Who's he? I will find out at the end of the issue. Uh, Hush is facing off against Bruce... Um, they basically do like an old western draw. I don't know. I, I just a little annoyed that Hush is back because technically he should be gone. You know, yeah, we, we literally we, and I talked for, about this last week. Actually. the wedding. Yeah, I'm just annoyed because Tom King ignored it, but he ignored him during the wedding. Why am I surprised? Yeah, Tom. Or, I mean, Hush is supposed to be in another dimension right now. Yeah. And now she's like, oh, he's back. Any explanation? No, not at yeah. all. I don't like how the draw happened. It's just like. Okay, on three, we fire. Batman's like, okay. So, like, one, yeah. two, three. And, and Hush misses, and Batman just stands there. And it's yeah. like, okay, come on. <laughs> You're better than that, Hush. Yeah, and then, uh, anyway, Thomas Wayne in his uh, Batcave has Damian Wayne hung up from his feet, and uh, that's the end of the issue. So, yeah, he has to decide, will he kill his own grandson? Final next time on Batman. I don't like how this issue took such a sudden turn it's just very suddenly thomas wayne seems to care a lot more for gotham girl than he did last time and Mm. he like kisses her on the forehead when she's in bed resting it's like almost like a father-daughter relationship but before he was like an army general yeah before you're like treating her like a soldier and you're like you didn't care for her and now you're like kissing her on the forehead that's just where did the character development go yeah so they say um, Gotham is off limits. Like, you can't get in, you can't get out. If you're in there, you're stuck. Dark Knight Rises style. Um, but they didn't explain how Batman's Catwoman got in, and I wish we would have saw them, like, get into the city limits. But it's just kind of like, oh, they're there. No yeah. one noticed. Oh, well. I don't like yeah, this issue. Yeah. yeah, I'm not crazy about this issue. I don't know. It, maybe just also the JRJR, like, the, the boxy Batman. Like, I hate the way he draws the bad ears, so... And yeah, I, I could do I could do no better. I'm a terrible artist, but I don't know. I just it didn't work for me, especially coming off of Clay Man and 
um uh, yeah well, she was like we've gotten well. some great batman artists so i don't know i give it like a four yeah what about you four yeah around there maybe like five i mean there's things i liked but i don't know some of it just like the hell yeah just okay. it feels overplayed at this point <laughs> We're getting to an hour of the episode, which is where our episodes usually end up being. I'll just say real quick, Justice League was good. I recommend it. Um, still a little confusing with the whole time travel thing. and They're, They kind of explained Aquaman in a way. The ending okay. has me extremely excited, though. Like, okay. incredibly excited of who they, the Justice League quote-unquote recruit in the end. Uh, JD, you want to mute your headphones? For a sec, because yeah, yeah, I will. Just mute it for like five seconds. Oh, excuse me. Batman Beyond destroying the Justice League, or in fact, the Justice League Beyond. So yeah, I'm super excited for that. I I, I saw you lying go flat, so I assume I'm supposed to be back. Yes, I I said it on the podcast. I'm super excited for who is joining the league, and I'm sure you will be too. I, I um, think I might have seen this because I was flipping through the comic and I accidentally saw the last page. So oh, who is it? You want to say? Is it is it the Justice League Beyond? Do you want me to say yes or no? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I thought I saw them, but then I kind of closed the comic because I was like, oh, crap. I wasn't supposed to see that. <laughs> yeah. Batman right. Beyond and all of them are joining the league. So that's and cool. it looked like, if I'm not mistaken, I, I just looked really quick, but it looked like the Batman, like the Justice League Beyond from like the like Earth 11, not the Future's End one or whatever Earth it is. Supposed yeah. To be like, the, um... like with the Superman like that has the black and gray suit and... The black and white one, yeah. I, I I didn't see if it had Flash, the Danica Williams Flash, but no, it didn't have Old Man Flash. Um, you don't see all of them. You see what looks like a Batman, a Superman, a Wonder Woman, a Hawkman, and someone else. You okay? Did you just die? I, I my water bottle just knocked over things on my sh- on my shelf. Is it everything wet? No, no, the water bottle was empty, but I just oh, okay, knocked everything good. over and caught it all on the podcast. You, the listener, who've been listening for an hour and one minute, just did that fall. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Young Justice was alright. I mean, I just want them to go back to the regular Earth. It yeah. just feels like filler at this point. Uh, the Green Lantern is over. Uh, for now, Graham Morrison is taking, I guess, a vacation or something. Uh, only 12 issues. It's coming back, though. Um, I didn't like the whole series in general. I wasn't a fan of this issue, even. But yeah, it's over. So yeah, you're, uh, glad not to be, you're, you're glad not to be spending another four bucks a month on that. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with the Green Lantern. I want a new Green Lantern writer. Bring back Sam Humphries or Robert Venditti. Or Robert or, Venditti, you know. or yeah. Or let's get a new writer out there because Graham Morrison's weirded me out. Yeah, he is with the Stoner Lantern idea. It's just stop. But yeah, that's the episode. Yeah. So if you're listening on iTunes, we appreciate a five star review. Uh... For Hero Story, I'm JD. And I'm Hunter. And thanks for being a hero. And remember, every second is a gift. Goodbye. Bye!